André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 10, episode 17. I'm Jack. I'm Don. I'm ASD. And we've got so many games to talk about this week. So we're going to look back on the two cup games that we've had in the last week and then look forward to Fulham in the league and then Sheffield United uh, at the weekend. So lots of games for us to get through. Um, the best place to start is Brentford, which we were just saying off air feels like ages ago already. And we were scratching our heads trying to remember who even scored in the game, <laughs> which is a bit, it's not great, is it? But look, we went into that game knowing that we were expected to win, um, knowing that all the pressure was on us. Brentford had nothing to lose. And I thought that we were professional with how we approached it and we did enough to win the game. I didn't think that we were anywhere near our best, but we did enough to win. Um, getting that early goal in those games is what always massively helps, which was uh, one of the most uncharacteristic goals you'll ever see. Moussa Sissoko making a late run into the penalty area and then getting on the end of a cross, glancing into the top corner. It was just like, when it went in, I was watching it with my, um, my family, everyone was like, who scored that? Because you just went... Yeah. Assumed that couldn't have been Sissoko, so it was like who's got that? Um, but it, it, it was a fantastic header, and then um, the Sun goal in the second half was just a real, real great bit of link up play, clinical one chance back of the net. Um, and when that second goal went in for me, that, that was sort of game over. But they had the moment, Brentford, didn't they? They had about a 10 minute spell in the second half where goal, didn't they? they had the goal disallowed. Um, that was the only point in the game where really I was getting a little bit nervous and thinking, oh god, if they equalize, you know. It could, we could end up extra time penalties and all that here. Uh, but what were, what were your guys' take on the on the game and the performance and the result? Yeah, I, I thought that Tony was a bit of a handful. But in all, I suppose, like, as you said, there was that sort of 10, 15 minute spell where they looked like they could nick a goal. And obviously they got a goal disallowed. I did think he was a handful, but in most parts, Sanchez dealt with, with, with him quite well. Um, they're a good team. They play football. They play really well, I thought. Um, you can tell they're that sort of team that they'll come up into the Premier League should they come up this season. Um, they will do well in their first season. They'll, they'll have that, that uh, spark that those teams that do play football have normally when they come up. You know, they've um, been quite a lot of Bournemouth, just like yes, the way they yeah. played. They were quite open. They had like, it was like, it felt like a lot of the time they were playing 4-4-2 and it was just like a bit of a throwback team where it was wingers and crosses and pace up front. Yeah, I reckon they'd they'd be doing better than Sheffield United and Fulham if they were if they just swapped positions. I reckon they'd just be doing better than them. They're, they're a decent, decent team. And the, t- like, the team we put out sh- showed them respect. We've had a lot of talk about respect. Like It was a first team apart from maybe Sanchez. But apart from that, I mean... Hoiberg, Sissoko and Dombele, Sun, Mora, Kane, like Lloris, Oria, Reggie, Dyer, and Sanchez. It's, it's pretty much a full team. But he said that, Jose, didn't he? That going into it, it was his biggest game so far as Spurs manager. And it's like, oh, I was, you know, I expected us to field a strong side. Like, knowing that it's the semi-final of a cup and knowing that only a few days later we had Marine in the FA Cup where you can field it, it, it would have been more challenging had we have had Arsenal, for example, in the cup. Um, in the FA Cup a few days later, then it would have probably been more of a challenge about what does he do. Um, yes. But I was really pleased to see us go strong. Um, and like I said, I just I just thought it was one of them games where 
I can't really remember too much about it, but I just know that we did enough and we were solid at the back. It was another clean sheet. And we just, again, it was just another example of getting in front and pretty much sitting on what we have. I'd like to have seen us maybe gone for that second goal a little bit more, but, you know, we got through at the end. We're in a cup final, which is just, you know, it feels like a long time since we're in a domestic cup final anyway. I think it was, was it Potts' first season? The last time we made a domestic cup final, so it's 15, been a while, isn't it? I've I've made notes because I knew this would happen. These were made live during the game, and I actually wrote one of them the moment he changed his game. So one, Kane was sluggish. Do you remember how slow he was? He just didn't really do anything. I don't even think he was marked out of the game. He just didn't do anything. I guess yeah. he just. I guess he wasn't needed, so that was all right. I, I do think, think with Kane in that in these games that. He's often told, sort of, don't sprint about, like literally, just sort of stay up top. Don't, we'll get the ball up, like, because you know normally he's like he hurries about, doesn't he? And if if you would com- compare him to like a big Premier League game where he's buzzing about everywhere to that, a part of me does always think that when we're playing sides not as great, that he is told to just sort of conserve your energy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of agree, but then I don't. I think that, I think that the, the amount of games that he plays in and plays the full 90 at some point during a season takes its toll that's all i honestly think and i agree with you asd in the fact that he was really sluggish in the game and i think i think that look there's nothing wrong with criticizing kane's performance he does so much for us but there I is nothing was- wrong about really like we're not we're not on his back but in this no. in this case i'm so glad and we'll get onto this, but I'm so glad that he didn't play um this weekend. And I, I think, you know, yeah. having a child, I think that this this it's more than a week, isn't it? That he's gonna have he's had off now. I think that that's gonna have a really good impact on him come come Wednesday. So, you know, where we can rest him, I think we, you know, and we have done that now. We've kind of given him a sort of mini break, really. I think that we will reap the benefits from it. Yeah, I, I, like you're saying, I don't think it's a criticism. What he does do is just have presence. And so like they play this very attacking forward game and they couldn't do that because they had Kane and Son behind them. So they had to drop back. I don't think he was marked out the game, but he was an influence off the ball enough to stop them playing their game. So not a criticism, but you're right. It's nice to see him having a bit of time off. I put well, no one was t- managed so well. Yeah. Like that is a, a direct comparison we can make between Jose and Potch is the management of the bigger players and yeah. he just doesn't hesitate Jose like he would just be like look I don't need to do these games I'm not bothering or and we'll come on to Marine in a bit or when a game's done and dusted he just takes players off mm-hmm. and it's like there, there are a lot of times I mean we all love Pochettino but how many times did we watch us in a game where you're 3-0 up with 20 minutes to go and you just think just take him off but like he doesn't yeah. you don't need to leave him on but, but yet you know, the players yeah. run themselves into the ground and get injured and you'd think, oh, that's so frustrating. But I think the management of, of the key players so far this season has been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Next one. I also, I, said no. I also think that, like, just, I mean, we will get into this, but I also feel like, um, you know, the games are going to be coming a bit more thick and fast now. And I'm, I'm so pleased that he's managed them in the right way, even down to... Even down to the fullbacks, I think he's doing that in the right way as well, and the centre backs. But I feel like Kane, Kane is obviously, if he's out of the team for too long, we will start to worry what's going on. So 
I think that any chance we can get to to give him a rest, then we should try to give him a rest because, you know, as the season bears on, the games become more important. Yeah. And Vinicius has had a, a goal involvement every 50 minutes he's been on a pitch. Now, obviously, you've got to take into fact he's just scored three against not even lower league opposition and all that. But he's proven he can do it for us better than Janssen, better than Soldado ever did. So that's pretty good. Uh, I put no one was particularly good. I don't think they had to be, but I don't think anyone's particularly good. The big one for me, I felt Ndombele was hiding. He was doing that thing where he was putting himself in positions where you wouldn't pass to him or where he had a player in between him and our player with a ball. And I've never seen that from him. And it might, it might have been just a few points and it, it became a thing in my head. But it really wound me up. And you've seen that before. I think I've seen Winks do that before. You see, That's not... Hoiberg doesn't do that. And I think that's a mentality thing. And that really irritated me. Um, I wrote he's about Hoiberg. New, he's becoming a new lamella for me, Undembele, where you can't question the ability. But it's like, how long before I lose my mind with him? Because it's like he's he is such a talented player. Like there's just no question about how good he is. The guy can't play 90 minutes still. And I'm just like, like, what's going on there? Like it gets to like 65, 70, and he's absolutely out on his feet. I know he's playing central midfield and you do do a lot of running in there and you know he Jose likes to change that slightly more advanced midfield during most games, but I'm just like, come on, I just want 90 minutes. There's, you know what I mean? There's like, I want you to play for 90 minutes once a week and I want you to be 7, 8 out of 10 for two, three months in a row. Like, I'm, it's not it's not asking a huge amount, but it's like, it frustrates me the same way that Lamella used to frustrate me because you see it and you see a guy that like can grab games in the league by the scruff of the neck and be, you can be the man. Like You can literally be running the top of the midfield for the next five seasons in the Premier League, like in the Champions League, like you can pretty much do what you want, but he just can't quite grab it yet. And I'm just like, how, like I know he's not been at the club for that long, but he's just he frustrates me so much because of how. If he was terrible, I wouldn't be that bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can just you just see the games where you're just like, wow. You're just like, come on, let's do it a little bit longer. Look at the trend. Though. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I agree with you, but I still feel like you know there's still time. Um. Yes, he wasn't great last season, and the manager is kind of ma- is managing that that um the, the the he's managing that ninety minutes. It's coming. That's that's a good thing. The thing that we need to look forward to is that ninety minutes is on its way. It's he's doing it so that he gets to play every game. That's why he's doing it. He's not doing it because oh you know. We'll get we'll get seventy minutes out of him, and he can't, you know. And that's kind of like I think that we're just building towards a ninety-minute performance. Yeah. So I don't think he's that far. That's I don't think he's that far before he'll be able to do it. Look at where we were last year. Look at where we'll be in a year. The trend's up. He's he's one of our best players now. He's one of our most important players. I just even if we take him off after seventy minutes, like we were just saying, and I think he's a he's a game changer for us, and we miss him when he's not there. Um, you know what? One of the things that I want to point out as well is that I feel that he's getting better at tackling. That it's the other stuff mm-hmm. that he's he's doing now that he kind of wasn't doing before. Um, I'm really pleased at how when he loses the ball, he's trying to get win it back. Um, whereas before, he just didn't seem to be bothered. And I understand he's playing higher up the pitch, but he's now actually trying to to press the players when they've got the ball. Whereas before, he just didn't really care. Um, 
Fantastic assist for Son's goal against Brentford. I thought right. he was. Oh, I just was, awesome. was, was amazing. Kane was in that sort of Modric position where you it's the assist before the assist. So he's given it to Tangay, and then he's just sort of I don't know, just cushion that ball right weight straight up to Son, and you know you know the rest. As soon as, you, as soon as he's got the ball, you know what's going to happen. Well, that's that was my next note. Son not in the game, and as soon as I sent that to you guys, he swore you went and scored, but he didn't do anything else. But that's but what that is what has changed about Son's game now is that he can have games where he's not really in it, and then bang, he just gets a chance in the back of the net, and that's what the difference has been. Russell, if you think back to the last few seasons, for Son to score and assist, he's got to be in the game constantly, whereas now he can just pop up and and bang, the balls in the back he's of the net. He's scary now, isn't he? He's got that Ronaldo thing where when he's in that position to attack, you think something will happen. It's not like Willie or Wonty. Like if it's one on one, you guarantee it feels like you're guaranteed the goal. It's it's scary now. I don't doubt him when he goes through one on one anymore. Yeah. It's scary. And he's doing the things like giving the keeper the eyes, putting it through his legs, and he means it every single time. Yeah. It's frightening. Hoyberg doing what he can. I love that boy. Uh obviously he almost killed he always killed that ex-Arsenal player to silver after he raked his leg. And then Dyer is a new Dawson. Dyer was playing so many raking balls that went to nowhere. It was so irritating. Just it, just was... quite, it can be quite telling with Dyer that um, teams don't press him. Like, it's like Sanchez, they'll, press, right? they'll press Alderweireld and it's like, and they basically, they, they force Alderweireld to give it to Dyer and then they're like, right, then they sit off and wait for the, wait for the diagonal and it's like, it's a small part of the game that he will get better at and he'll start to realise that, you know, for me, centre-backs, that they, they just need to be simple when they've got the ball. Just give it to your midfielder. Like you, the midfielders are better on the ball than you. Just give them the ball. And it's like, mm. if they then start doing crazy stuff, well, then that's their fault because that's not, the, you know, you expect yeah, them to pass job. that. Then. But just give it simple sometimes. But yeah. it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's like, he does every now and then have that brilliant ball in him. That's who he was like. With Dawson, he, ne- he was never there. It was like it was it was a rose ed every time. Whereas Dyer can just every he can play one every now and then, and you left wingers in, and you think, oh, we've almost scored from that. He suits Delhi, doesn't he? Because yeah. Sun doesn't make that run from the long ball. He makes the run from the second ball, right? He makes the run for Kane when the midfielder's got the ball, like in from deep. But Delhi would always be running, and that's where all, like the, the the goals against Chelsea were. You know, my favourite goal, oh, yeah. one of my favourite Delhi goals. In the two-one against Chelsea, was it all? Is it three-one? Because Lamella scored afterwards. Where Dyer over? Oh, that and that that picture of Delhi giving the yeah, hand yeah. behind the ear celebrations. That well, I had that as my back on my computer for the longest time. Anyway, two-nil. Uh, I was chatting to my mate who's Brentford fan, long-time Brentford fan, like, all his life, and he was like, "Oh God, it's boring, isn't it? We didn't get up." traps and that's what every fan of the team who's playing against the saying is oh we didn't get to play our game that's not a, an accident that's what Mourinho do he'll stop you playing your game before you do anything and it's it's just smart smart tactics and it, it it like whether it works against City Arsenal Manchester United away or Brentford it just means we win we're successful in, in what we're doing how big is it for us to win the League Cup now we're in the final Massive. City's going to be a tough game like I know that we're a little bit of their bogey side, aren't we? That we've got a decent record against them the last few years. We've won the last couple of matches, 2-0 that we've played. Um, Pep versus Jose. And obviously that history goes back a long way to the Barcelona-Real Madrid rivalry. But I guess obviously it would be huge if we would win it. Would it be... 
if we were to lose that final, obviously there will be all of the, oh, that's it, you know, even with Mourinho Spurs still coming. So I feel like this is actually going to be a massive, massive game for us. And if we can get over the line in it and get that bit of silverware, that will, there's already a mentality shift, right, with our players this season. You can see it. For us to get over the line against City would be absolutely huge for us. And I just think that that could really kickstart the, the rest of the season. Yeah, what it does. Well, firstly, That's I thought the first that, one done. So I was just going to say that. Firstly, I think that, um, you know, had this been a usual season, we would be playing final next month, wouldn't we? Um, yeah. And I think in a normal season... I mean, Mourinho is quite happy with the fact that he's, he's, he's stayed there. He's quite happy with the fact that it's been played in April. But I feel I feel like it would have had a better effect on the rest of the season had we had it in February. I mean, if we'd lost it, then obviously you could imagine like some team just thinking like wallowing in self-pity and really not getting up. But I think that just that experience that we've had in the Champions League, you know, some of our players knowing what it's like to play probably the biggest final in club football. Um, we would have gone into this game in February, you know, ready to go. I think we'll be ready in April. Don't get me wrong. I know that we'll be ready in April. I just feel like maybe it might have had a better effect on the on the rest of the season. The rest of the season is going to be played and then we've got a final. It's one in the bag. So it's it's there for us. I still think you know, we need to continue going on because I feel like, you know, there's still stuff left to do. There's there's the Europa League. Um, that What it can do is kind of be a catalyst for us to get to, you know, at least to, to the semis or, or quarters of the Europa League and then have two in the bag. I think that's that's yeah. the good thing about the, the, the League Cup is that yeah, we've yeah. proven that we get to a final again um, so that's that monkey's off your back. It wasn't just a one-off. We know that we can do that. It's it's going that one step further. Yeah, I mean the stats are amazing. If you go back to 2014, like it's been either Mourinho or Manchester City that's won it. 2014, City beat Sunderland. 2015, Chelsea beat Spurs. Mourinho's first year back. 2016, City beat Liverpool. 2017, United beat Southampton. 2018, City beat Arsenal. 2019, City beat Chelsea. 2020, City beat Villa. So both of them, there's pedigree. Both of them go for it. They're both chosen, and you know, it's a cup. We're I was doing cups. I was I was at the Man City Sunderland Cup final. Why? How? My um my one of my mates' dad um had done a load of business with um it was a City fan or whatever, and they, and they were just had these tickets, and no one no one supported City or Sunderland. They were just going to go to waste. So me and my friend Ryan, who's an Arsenal fan, he was like, chance to go and see something. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, go on then, why not? And um, we obviously went there like wanting to back Sunderland because we were like, they're the underdogs. But then when we got our tickets, we were we were in the city end and we had amazing seats as well, like, right behind yeah. the dugout, like really expensive. And Sunderland went 1-0 up in that game. And me and him yeah. were sort of sat there like, as we, I think it was Barini scored Mate. after after Amazing about like knowledge. yeah it was after about like seven or eight minutes but it was early yeah, in the yeah. game Sunderland have gone one up their fans are going mad obviously me and my friend Ryan are sat there like trying not to laugh because the city fans around us are going crazy like they're just they can't believe what they're seeing but then Torre scored from like 30 yards and Nasri got like a half volley there was some ridiculous a minute later yeah and then um the city ended up winning it but um it was really weird to be at a cup final and not 
be, you know, not really be cheering a side on. Marcus Alonso was playing at left back for Sunderland. Yeah. Sebastian Larson, Keyson Young, Adam Johnson, Jack Colback, Barini, Wes Brown, Phil Barzi, John O'Shea. Like, not the world's worst team. They played really well, Sunderland. Like, honestly, they were winning 1 0. And if it wasn't for a Torre like 30 yarder, they probably would have won. But yeah, when you've yeah. got players like Torre and Nasri that can just do stuff like that, it's just, you know. Yeah. You've, got, you've got Keyson Young and Jack Colback in the middle. It's not quite the same, is it? <laughs> Uh, let's move on let's talk a little bit about the FA Cup yesterday so we played Marine um, we beat them 5-0 this is what the FA Cup's all about isn't it these these type of fixtures it was just I absolutely loved watching it Um, yeah I was completely did you watch it with crowd sound or did you watch it with crowd sound or with like fake sound they they put they put the fake sound on the BBC, didn't they? I didn't. I just left whatever yeah, you was can on. Do it on the red button. See, I've been watching it with um, on the highlights, and it's way noisier on the highlights because they don't have the fake crowd noise. And so there were so many of the horns that were going off. Um, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted. So anyway, it, it it risked feeling patronising at times, but it it never got to that stage. It was properly just like the football community. Like, but we saw. Well, I said Weasold. Like the thirty thousand tickets were, I think it was thirty four, four seven or something crazy for for a game that no one's going to watch. They made more money through it being this through virtual tickets. And we've seen what Spurs gave them. Spurs gave them the tactical analysis they did on their players. Okay. They gave them like a full set of kit. Yeah, because they weren't allowed to swap shirts because of COVID, but they did. Like it was really lovely. Did you see the tweet from Marine beforehand? They said uh, today we welcome Spurs. Uh, Arsenal have offered us. Met to Urzel to help us, but our bench is already sorted. Thanks. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I love I literally, the FA. The early rounds of the FA Cup though were just brilliant, and it's like it's just the fact that you know, like the left wingers are binmen, and there's the captain and centre forwards a teacher, and it's like these people just like they're, they're looking at work today, like we've been. Like that's what I love, and it's like they'll be, you know, on teams of course. But I was a weekend. Oh, yeah, I played against Gareth Bale at the weekend. Like it's just, it's, it's bonkers. The highlight was the the supporter that had climbed the tree in order to watch the game. I don't know if you saw that, but that was absolutely brilliant. But clearly, I only had the strength to sort of hold himself up for about half an hour, which disappeared in the second half, which I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I could agree with you guys. I think that. Um, it's what the FA Cup's about. Yeah. It's really great. It's a really great game. Good, a good feeling around it. Um, as a club, I'm so proud. I'm really proud of 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 what we, how we went about that. Um, not just you know buying tickets for fans, but I think even just the performance itself was completely professional. Um, although you know the first ten or fifteen minutes, I slightly kind of, I was, I won't lie, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared. Well, I was really. I did. I just was like, oh. But then, you know, even down to even down to the players that he picked. I think you know he picked uh, the perfect blend of yeah. it, senior players versus young talent in the squad. Um, obviously, players like Roden who aren't getting a game present. Um, fantastic for him to kind of to sit down there alongside Toby Alderweireld for you know a half. And get that experience in there. So the game was, there was a respect element. But what I loved about Mourinho is he used that game just to kind of like, you know, figure out a, a few things with certain players. Rodon especially, I think that 
he used that basis, you know, with Alderweireld to kind of to figure a few things out. I mean, Gedson, there was a lot of talk about Gedson being, is this his last game? Because it's his birthday he's playing. I don't know if he's going to leave or not, but um, I do know that, you know, I really enjoyed watching Deli Alley again yesterday. Yeah, I, know only, I know it was only a Marine, but I really, really enjoyed play, watching him play. Um, and, you know, it's one of these things, between Spurs fans, we're talking about him leaving you know, going out alone. He may go out alone, but I really don't want him to. I keep saying it on the pod, but I just don't want to see him go. Uh, I think that, you know, comments from Mourinho are positive on that, and let's just see where it goes from there. But, yeah, I just, I feel like there's something there. Um, he 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 definitely outshone a lot of the players um, against Marine. I'm not saying the other players didn't take it seriously, but he, he, could, see, he could see his class on the pitch. I always think as well, when you hear a player aside oh, yeah. from the lower leagues, that Delhi's one of the first names on the team sheets. You know what I mean? Like he's played in those, in these types of um, grounds and atmospheres and circumstances loads of times. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been like phased by it. And you know, sometimes a bigger player can be phased by playing at a ground like that just because it's so alien to them. Whereas like Delhi Ali, and you see Joe Hart as well in the tunnel, like so pumped up. Like, you'd thought he'd been in the World Cup final for Joe Hart watching him. So, I, look, I thought we approached it very well. I thought it was great to see Harvey White start. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I thought, and I thought that, it, again, it was really sensible management in having Harvey White in there, who's somebody that wants to get on the ball and tick it over, but knowing actually this could be a bit physical and aggressive, so let's stick Sissoko in there, who can stand up to that, but give White the licence to play. And I thought he did really well in the centre midfield. Like, they, it, he's clearly quite well rated and respected because he was on every single set play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, apart from the one that Lucas Moore ended up taking where he, where he put it in the top corner. Um, but I thought Harvey White did pretty well. You know, we have to talk about the youngster coming on to score. I mean, that is just, that, that is, is what the FA Cup's all about. That is just, yeah. Alfie Devine, 16 years old. Oh, 16. God. What were you, Don, give us a, uh, give us a little insight into what was happening in your world when you were 16 keep it clean though don oh man 16 i was i was i was was massive as you know i'm a massive hip-hop fan so my life was pretty much music i'd got i had a um i'd left school and i had i'd I'd had a 10-hour contract at uh through, through my work experience at school I joined um, HMV, so I had a 10-hour contract working there in their sort of department downstairs. I used to work on the shop floor sometimes, but I had a 10-hour contract working there, and I had another job, another job working, still going to college, two jobs, and I had another job working in um, Top Shop, Top Man, sorry, 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 not Top Shop, Top Man on a Saturday. So, you know, I was pretty busy at that time. I mean, it was... It was good actually because I was I was one of the only guys at my age at sixteen that had money. But I wouldn't say real money, but I had I had yeah. money. Buy my own trainers. I could I could do stuff like that. So I was I was pretty fly. I was a fly guy. <laughs> <laughs> I really really wanted the top shop thing to be true. That would have been amazing. <laughs> top shop. That would have been, been the best thing. That would have been up there with well, story, though, is, is one is one more story. Worked in Top Man in Croydon. 
and uh, shop. The shop closes. It was it was round Christmas time. Shop closes at half seven. So we're just about to like shut the shop, and the the manager's name was Rick, and he he's just about to close the shop, and Ian Wright walks in with his wife, and Rick's an Arsenal fan. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I, I I'm not gonna swear on the pod, but I was like, yeah, because I like I do like Wrighty. Wrighty's one of those players that I admired him as a player. And he walked in and he wants to buy a few suits. And he was with his wife at the time. And I wanted to go home. I was actually going, I was actually going around to one of my mates' house, and my boss was like, look, you've got to stay here. I want him measured up. You do whatever he tells you to do, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> make sure you treat him like a king and i just thought mate i don't even want to do this man i really don't want to do it but he was quite he was nice gave me a tip in the end so i went i'm not going to really bad mouth him on it he was actually genuinely a very nice person by that time i think he was he was at arsenal but obviously he still lived i think he still lived in south london i think but yeah that's a nice guy I really rated the fact that because um, he was punned, it wasn't in the BBC that he was wearing a Marine FC hat. <laughs> I thought that was great. Making no bones about it, was he? And he was talking about how much he'd love it if we won. 16, yeah. man. I'm over twice his age now. Well, That's look, scary stuff. I thought that um, I really, I really enjoyed his his reaction to scoring. Yeah. Dion Dublin, just look at his face. Just saw it. And bright red, um, and again, you you mentioned it, Jack, at the top of the, you know, we'll be talking about the FA Cup and how we feel about it, and it's those moments I think that just really summed it up. I thought Mourinho done really well in in giving in time, um, and the players just were all happy for him as well. So mm. it was it was fun for them, wasn't it? I know they were professional, but you can see it was quite fun for them. It was a good. Almost like a jolly boys outing, really. In reduces some ways. it down to football, doesn't it? It's just football. It's just reduced. Sorry for interrupting, mate. It's just reducing it down to football. It's this yeah. is all it is now. There's no crowd. It's just football. It's just it's almost like playing in the park with your mates. Like that's what yeah. I just remind them of. Uh, the two things. I th- Mora was I thought professional, just happy to play. He played yeah. hard. I thought that was really good. And but what, what we saw was a really professional attitude. You know, like before in the Europa League, in the FA Cup, you put, like, you'd put out half a team, but no one would be bothered. And you'd go, oh, I just, you could have tried more. You could have stopped that goal. But everyone was trying hard. Like Davis was pounding all the way up and down the wing. He was trying really, really hard. And I, I was, it was a really professional it's one of those games where we, again we would have won it 10 times out of 10 whereas in previous years they would have put out like a proper second team who hadn't played together before and it would have been a really difficult watch which we could have lost and I was it was it Mourinho was having an impact on the our, our thought processes and he's finding out who are his players and that's the best of the thing I think and good Benicius as well Benicius getting oh, a hat trick sign him up no. sign him up I think he's he's worth like he's he's doing the job I think he's doing what we needed him to do at the moment, right? Is that when he's he's not he's not played against any calibre of opposition really, yeah? Which isn't his fault. You can only play against the teams that you're up against. But he's scoring and assisting and impacting in games, isn't he? Like he's doing exactly what we want our second choice striker to do. Not only to give Kane a rest, 
but to actually be contributing and be a focal point up front. And I know his first goal was a complete mishit, wasn't it, that took him around the keeper. Um, the second one was a tap-in, but it's a centre-forwards, you know, good centre-forwards goal. And the hat-trick one, the, the lob, you know, like, like I said, I can't get too carried away because we're playing against, you know, a, a side that are dreadful. But he took the third goal really well. Really and well. I just think it must be really good for his confidence, knowing that every time, really, he's stepping out onto the pitch, he's scoring or assisting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great. That's you know, it's it's just the perfect backup striker for us at the moment. He's not sulking. I didn't like I didn't like how he hit it into the net for the first one. It just irritated me a little bit. Like just do a job because with that comes one in every hundred will be you'll miss hit it like it you'll go over the bar. We'd scored and the ball popped out the goal and he went to smash it in from two yards and <laughs> miss. <laughs> <laughs> Was okay. that? Oh, I can't remember. I feel like I remember that. That was at White Hart Lane. Yeah, it, I feel I, like that was a Europa League game. Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, it was classic Zeldado. Yeah, Vinny was great. Uh, it was a great, great game, great result. Like it was enjoyable. I feel like they would have enjoyed it, even though they took a fight. It didn't feel like a hammering. You know, it just felt like a clinical, clinical game. And we've just had the cup draw as well now, and we're we'll, we're facing Wickham away in the next round, <sighs> and then. If we get through that, the likelihood is that then we'll be away at Everton. So, you know, not not too bad a draw, really. You know, like you can get anybody right at, at this stage. You could have ended up, you know, United have drawn Liverpool. So like, that's a huge tie. So that's obviously one big side out. So I think that I'm, I'm relatively happy with that as a draw. Um, you know, they're two very, very winnable games. And, and like you said, Don, just keep progressing. Keep winning these games. And before you know it, you can find yourselves in the last stages of this cup competition as well. Like, you know, our, our FA Cup record's obviously horrific in in the last 30 years. But before you know it in the FA Cup, you can find yourself in a quarterfinal or a semi-final without really having had to have played anybody. Just because yeah. of the way it seems to be like that most seasons. Um, so we just got to we just got to stick at it and um, and hopefully progress through these rounds. But I think it's a pretty, pretty good draw. I think I think as well, just on some of the players, you know, because it's a shame, really, because like the likes of Harvey White, He'll play this game and, you know, let's, let's be real here. He's going to probably go back to playing under 23 yeah. football. But I feel as if, you know, the, the good good feeling that I had around this game is that potentially, you know, these some of those players may get another chance against, you know, in against Wickham. So it's not it's not all finished. They will look at that draw and think, I didn't do too badly against Marine, yeah. I really didn't, and I think that Mourinho will feel like, do you know what? It won't be all of them, but you know, Harvey White, you might be on the bench against Wickham Wanderers. Yeah. You know, here's your chance. Tanganga, you might start. So it's 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 not all dead and buried. Like, oh, you've got Everton, and um, there's still opportunity. There's still opportunities for um for some of these players um to to progress in in this yeah. cup. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Also, also, as well, Don, on that point, like if we're taking Harvey White as the example, that's a taster for him. It's like this is what you can be around the likes of Deli Ali, Gareth Bale, Toby Alderweireld. Like we've given it opportunity, you've played well. So now go back to the 23s and absolutely boss it, and, and put yes. me put put me as a coach in a position where the uh, you have to be involved in the in the senior squad. Like you're too good for the 23s now. Like you might not make the squad every week, but 
put me in a position where like I have to be considering you. So the real motivated young players that got a chance will now be thinking, I want that again, I want it again and again and again. Pretty much what Deli Ali had, wasn't it, when he when we signed him, that he got an opportunity, grabbed it and never looked back. And you know, crazy things have happened than than a young player making a cup debut and then all of a sudden being so good that he stays in the side. Like you just don't know, do you? Um so I think yeah. it's great. I think it's and and also as well, like as fans like I love watching games where there's like homegrown academy players in the yeah. side. Like yeah, yeah. you just you just love it, don't you? Like when you see Tanganga, you see Winks, you see Kane, like you just like that's what you want. You want these players coming through. Like Danny Rose to a certain extent. I know he bought them young, but Townsend, like these guys, you just naturally you're just you want them to do better than the than the player that's not come through the academy. Just yeah, because yeah. you know that they're a Spurs that they're a Spurs fan. So really, really good. But we've got we've got two games this week now. We're straight into back into it with the Premier League. Can I just say Wickham, two things, coldest ground I've ever been to. We we haven't even talked about the old game, the four three. Like the last time we played them. We should uh, they should have knocked us out. Like <laughs> they really so bad, should have They were two was it two nil at half time? It might have been two nil at half time. And then we come back to two two, didn't we? And then they made it three two on like eighty minutes. Some old with person it. came off the bench, didn't they? Yeah, and like and scored a really good header. Um, yeah. But Kim Fenwar absolutely tore Carter Vickers apart, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Like Carter Vickers yeah. was so bad. Like yeah, that. That's I think that finished Carter Vickers at Spurs that game because yeah. there'd been a lot of hype about him. Like he's going to start. Like let's see what he can do. And he was just absolutely bossed by Akin Fenwar, who I mean, it was dreadful the way we defended him in that game. Absolutely dreadful. But Silly, it, that was a that was a magnificent game. And Sun getting the last minute winner. Like it was just. The, the, yeah. That was one of the loudest that I remember the old White Hot Lane being was the Delhi, really? the Delhi equaliser like ninety, yeah. and then the Sun winner like ninety four. Everyone was going crazy. I was a bit embarrassed by that, you know, just because I know no, it's a win, and, but it's just we. Because I remember when Sun scored, because he scored in the South Stand, and so you could see all the other fans turning and giving it to the Wickham fans, and they're like, "What do you expect? This should have happened half an hour ago." But um, I just looked up David Stockdale, you know, the keeper. Yeah. He plays for Wickham. And I just looked at his personal life on Wikipedia and it says Stockdale married his fiance Kate on the 3rd of June 2011. Missing out on a place in the England squad for the Euro 2012 qualifier with Switzerland the next day. Was he up for a? Was he up for that? I'm not sure. Where was, that, where was, where was he playing at the time? Maybe he was at Fulham at the time. For, uh, 2011, he was at Ipswich on loan. Wow. <laughs> Well, that must have been like there must have been like an English goalkeeping injury crisis or something. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So it's like we need a third choice keeper from somewhere. Stockdale, let's get him in on. So I can't make it. I'm getting married. Yeah. That that's it's clearly like, a guy that doesn't rate his own ability because he would have planned. Do you know what I mean? You if you think you got a chance, you would have planned the wedding when there's not there's not international. But even he must have been like, there's no chance of getting England squad, so we'll do it that weekend. But this happened in um, the Wales 2016 Euros, which is obviously the because when we beat uh, Belgium, we were the number one team in the world to go through to the semi to play. Did you beat Belgium in that? Yeah, three oh, one. You should have. You should say. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. It's great yeah. my life. And um, to go through to the semis where we lost to Portugal. <sighs> um, half the team had 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 to cancel their holidays. Uh, one of them, uh, Nathan Taylor. What's Nathan Taylor? Had tickets for Beyonce back in Cardiff. Like, <laughs> that was amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Wickham, coldest ground I've ever been to, and they've also because it's in in the middle. It's at the bottom of a valley, and the 
the ground hasn't got anything on the corners, so the wind comes through and it's cold as tits. And on the valley above the ground, it's got like an airfield, and so you there's planes going over it, but like little like put put planes going over it constantly. It's it's enjoyable but cold. Sorry, uh, yeah, we got two games. So we're straight back into it. I'm in the Premier League this week. So we're, we're playing Fulham now on Wednesday. It was meant to be Villa, but because of COVID, that's all been cancelled. And then rightly so, they've then brought forward the Fulham game that we should have played at the end of December. Why were Liverpool allowed to play the under-23s or Villa's under-23s? And I know it's a couple of different competitions, but if they had to pull out one, why, did they have to, why didn't they have to pull out the other? I, I don't get it. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody knows what the rules and regulations are, do they? But I mean, look, we've got Fulham and we've got Sheffield United this week. Six points. Do you know what I mean? Again, gets you. It has to be. Yeah. You know, like I can't see anything other than six points. Like the game, Fulham, I've got no concerns about whatsoever. I'm more nervous about Sheffield United because they are so bad and they haven't beaten anybody and they will win a game. Like, they, like even that, how bad that Derby team were that year that got 12 points. They did win a game. So it's like there will come a point where they just win 1-1-0 one, one, and you just hope it's not against you. Do you know what I mean? It's when you play a team that are so bad, actually there's quite a lot of pressure because they're that bad. Yeah. Um, but it, it can't really be anything other than six points this week. And we need that as well, um, just to make sure that we're, we're you know, trying to keep as close as we possibly can to the sides at the top of the league. So six points, absolutely nothing less for me this week. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty confident yeah. that we'll do it. Clean sheet, six yeah. points. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think Fulham are um, they're there for the taking. I mean, I, I don't even know. I think again, kudos to to Mourinho because I I honestly think that um, he's applied pressure on the FA to supply us with a game. Um, if you've looked at his comments in the last week or so, especially when we found out about Aston Villa's you know COVID. Um, issues at the moment he he's you know stated we cannot have two games like you can't have a backlog of two games but had had another manager gone well that's just how it is you know this is a pandemic we who knows I think they could have just postponed both games but um I, I feel that Scott Parker didn't think that he'd have a game this week I just yeah. I, I, he it was one of those ones that he put to one side and thought potentially I'm going to be I'm I'm going to be okay. They've got Chelsea at the weekend, haven't they? So his thoughts would have been there yeah. rather than I've got I've got Tottenham on Wednesday. Um, they haven't trained. They haven't trained for for nearly two weeks. Or so I'm being told they haven't been trained because obviously they've had to stay away from their training ground, and that's the first team. So I, I feel like as Jack said, we're in a really good position the momentum's there with with us at the moment i know that obviously our center backs for instance you know well all the very started but i'm you know dyes had a, a full rest uh saul jorier didn't feature at all harry kane has had a rest so you know hoy has had a rest as well so uh, a spine of our team is kind of there Lloris didn't didn't play so we've definitely got a spine all ready to go and it's it's kind of just putting the other pieces of the jigsaw into place for Wednesday. Yeah, completely agree. And I think that, I think both games this week will be fairly solid two, three nils. Like, I don't worry about either of those sides in terms of what they can really do going forward. Neither look great at the back. Like, it just seems to me like, you know, if, if we're if we're serious now about a side that, you know, is going to be 
back in the Champions League spots or potentially you know, trying to aim a little bit higher. It's just got to be no nonsense, two, three nils in both games. And, and, and that's it. Like, you know, like kill the game after an hour. It's got to be a couple of those really for me this week. And, and I think it will be. So, look, fingers crossed that we so just... You're going to three nil. I'm going to go two nil against Fulham and three nil against Sheffield United. I'm going to go five nil against Fulham, and I'm going to go two nil against Sheffield United. The other way around for me. I oh, know three and five. Yeah, five. I mean, you know, none of us are even predicting us to concede in those games, so it should be it should be pretty straightforward. Uh, I've got a quiz for you both to do now. Lovely. Um, for the, for this quiz, I am taking you back to September the first, two thousand and seven, in the Premier League, and I'm taking you back to Fulham okay. three, Tottenham three, at Craven Cottage. Okay. So we were managed by Martignol um, in this in this fixture. Um, it looks like from the team sheet we play a fairly traditional four four two formation. So. Who wants to give me started with uh, a few guesses as to who would have been in that Spurs team that day? Um, going Woodgate. Nope. Strong start. Woodgate it was Ramos, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah. He scored in 2008, so that, that's where my thinking is. I'm trying to think of who was in the final. Tainio. Uh, no, no Tainio. Keane. Robbie Keane was up front, correct? Robbo. Yeah, Paul Robinson in goal. Ledley. Uh, no Ledley. I presume he must have been injured. Dawson. Nope. Dawson came on in this game, but no Dawson. It wasn't Kabul first time around. Yeah, Kabul. Right. Kabul at centre-back. So you've got Robinson, Kabul and Keane so far. Okay. Rocha. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yes, Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> Russia and Kabul at centre half. Oh no! Uh, it, it's too early for Zakora, isn't it? Yeah, no, no, Zakora's not in there. Zakora was on the bench side for this game. I see. So I need, I need right back, left, right back, and left back. Chimbonda. Chimbonda. Chimbonda at right back, correct? Let's see. Lee Pio. Pio. Yeah, Lee Young Pio at left. Lovely Young Pio. Yeah, sorry. So that's Robinson, Chimbonda, Rocha, Kabul, and Lee as the back four. So, mate, it's light. Lennon? No, no Lennon. It wasn't Bentley. Genus. Um, Genus. Yeah, Jermaine Genus in the midfield. So he's in the middle, is he? Yeah, he's in the middle. Yes, yeah, going to start giving us clues then. Then the guy, a guy played on the right this day. Normally used to play on the left. Was like quite a stocky, slow wide man, but was like very consistent. Used to play for Fulham, French. Malbronk, no. Yep, yep. Steve Malbronk. Love Steve Malbronk. Scored Malbron- loads of important goals for us. Yeah, he was playing on the right in this game. Then you had Genus, and then the other central midfielder, big guy, English, brilliant with the ball at his feet, couldn't move. Tommy. Um. Tom Huddleston, centre midfield, and then playing left wing in this game. He scored in this game as well. Um, currently still plays for Spurs, but has been at another club for quite a while abroad and then has recently come back. 
Oh, GB, Gaz. Gareth Frank. Bale. Gareth, Gareth Bale. Frank Bale. Um, yeah, he was on the left wing. And then you got Robbie Keane and just need the other striker. Defoe. No. Berber. 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 So that Spurs team was Paul Robertson in goal, Chimbonda, Kabul, Rocha, Lee, Malbronk, Huddleston, Genus, Bale, Keane, Berbatov. Um, I, love team. I like Steve Malbronk. I loved him. The Fulham, so the Fulham team was Naimi in goal, Bocanegra, Koncheski, Stefanovic, Baird, Smirtin, Davis, Davis, Dempsey, Buaza, Kamara. Um, now we went we went one 0 up in that game. Eunice Kabul scored on ten minutes, and then Berbatov made it two 0 on twenty eight. So you're two 0 up away from him and cruising. Not if you're Spurs. Um, Clint Dempsey scored for Fulham right on half time, which is just so typical. There's two one at half time. Then Bale on sixty one for three one, and then it all fell apart. Smirtin scored on seventy seven, and then Kamara on ninety. Oh. No. Do you remember Kamara got the overhead kick that like looped over Robinson into the top? It was just dreadful, absolutely dreadful. I can't remember the Bale goal. I feel like I've watched a million. So balls. he's 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 got the it's literally a typical Bale goal. He's got the ball on the left wing and he's just bursting with pace. He's got Berbatov square and he like looks as if he's going to square it and the yeah. kid both hands it in the near yeah. post. Do you remember? I never liked Dempsey. I never liked him being number two. I never liked his nickname, and he was a goal hanger. But do you remember the goal he scored for Fulham against Juventus in the Europa League? Oh, I think it's the best Europa League goal I've ever seen. The lob, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To take them through against Juventus, the, the old lady, the biggest yeah, Italian and club. As well, weren't they like they were like four-one down or whatever in that game, and they came back and beat them. I remember watching it on the because te- that was when the days when the UEFA Cup was on like Channel Five or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. On the telly, and then Colin Murray Tats. was presenting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Listen, it's 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 like a budget version of Van Basten in a way. It's it's unbelievable. I quite liked Clint Dempsey, you know. The number two did really bug me. That, like, shouldn't, there should be actually should be a rule about that that yeah. is not allowed. Um, but I quite like even for Spurs, you know, he pop up with some decent and pretty big goals for us. Like I thought he was, I thought he was all right. The, the difficulty he had is we sold Bale in the same summer that we bought him, so it was like in some people's eyes, it's like you sold Bale and you bought Clint Dempsey. What it's goals? What big goals? He's obviously scored the Fergie time one. He scored one at Old Trafford in a three-two win as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first 3 2, wasn't it? Or was yeah. it the second one? Was that AVB? That was AVB, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I liked him. I thought he was, was alright. I thought but it was, there was those tough times when we had a lot of injuries up front, didn't we? And like there were games where Dempsey was up top. And it was That's like, it. God, you've got Dempsey up top, you've got Parker, Huddleston, and Livermore sent in the field. It's <laughs> like, you're not, you're not getting a lot out of this team today. <laughs> All I can see in my head is Suarez. Um, yeah. We talk about Livermore and stuff, but I feel like, so I'm so, sorry to kind of go back to what we were saying about Harvey White and that, but I do I feel we've had a few false dawns when it comes to a lot of our players where we think they're going to be good. Um, and then it's I've got not a Livermore gonna... shirt. Did, did you come to me? Did you come with me to the that preseason game where we played Barcelona and Livermore scored against sure, the? Blown the B team at Wembley. I'm sure he came with me actually. I didn't go, but there wasn't that the one where he 
he said he said something about about playing against or playing for the best team in the world, and he, he sort of found a place in Spurs' hearts. His his brother That's... used to go to he he his his brother was best mates with Joe, formerly of this parish, and so Joe used to hang out with Jake all the time. He knew him. Really, so top boy. Yeah, top boy. His dad played for Spurs as well, Doug Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Because when yeah. he scored in that game, or the news reports on like Sky Sports the next day was it said Doug Livermore, not Jake Livermore, which I found I found really amusing. Um, but the thing is, and you say about and you say about you know, academy players that come through, and we think they're going to be good, but it's like the likes of like Livermore, Bentelab, Walker Peters, like they're massive success stories for the Spurs academy to produce players yeah. from, like the top divisions and like. To produce a player that the club sells for like millions of pounds is is a is a massive success story. Like they obviously they're not all going to go on and be Spurs. So we've produced we have if you think about those types of players that have come through and have not quite made the grade of us, but are like you know playing in the championship or whatever. Like it still says a lot for the academy that we're able to produce those types of guys. Absolutely, I think I think even one of the players that played against uh, played for Crawley, he's ex, he's an ex-Spurs player. He scored a terrific goal at the weekend. Against Leeds, and I, I, you know, he obviously, I think he had a quite a bad car accident. I'm not sure if he had it whilst he was at Tottenham, but you know, he, he's playing with Crawley and he scored quite a good goal. So, yeah, it, it's a testament to our academy, and it shows that there's a, it's definitely a conveyor belt of, yeah. of uh, a quality of player coming through. Definitely, but look, big week ahead. Two more wins. Um, and it puts us in a really strong position in the Premier League as well as the Cups. And, we, you know, we've we've done well the last week to, to win both of them games and win fairly convincingly and put ourselves in a good position. So, fingers crossed that continues in the next couple of fixtures. But remember, whatever does happen, the future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. 
We are Blanche Flower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream, to dare is to do.